مرکز صحابہ آن لائن ریڈیو پوڈ السلام علیکم اینڈ ویلکم ٹو ٹیکنالوجی واچ آئی ایم بلال کترادا اینڈ آئی مسیح اللہ کترادا اینڈ ٹوڈے وی کین ٹیک آور لسنرز ان ٹو دا فیوچر ناؤ ان اور پریویس ایپیسوڈ وی اسپوک اباؤٹ دا اینڈ آف دا سیل فونز ایز وی نو اٹ اینڈ وی آلسو مینشن دیٹ دا سیل فونز ول بی ریپلیسڈ بائی آگمینٹڈ ریالٹی ٹیکنالوجی Now, today we're going to delve a little deeper into augmented reality and why it's such an awesome thing, why it's such a great thing, and how it's actually going to replace uh, cell phones and make our lives a whole lot better. Now, I want the listeners to use their imaginations here because I'm going to draw a picture of what the future is going to look like. And I'm not look, talking about, you know, 20 or 30 years into the future. I'm talking about... four or five years into the future, because this technology already exists. It's not a matter of bringing it into existence from nothing. It's a matter of just perfecting it to a point where it's able to do the things that I'm about to describe. Now, picture this. You're walking along the street and a phone call comes through, all right? You never need to pick your, your, your cell phone out of your, your pocket because you don't have a cell phone. the notification for that call comes right in front of your eyes. It doesn't obstruct your vision. It comes in one corner, one safe corner of your vision. So all you have to do is raise your eyes and you can see the name of the person calling. Okay? You touch a little ring device that you are wearing on your hand and you answer that, that call. If you want, let's say you're not walking, let's say you're sitting somewhere, the person that you are talking to will appear in front of you as if that person is physically there. Now imagine that. So let's say you, you, you're sitting at home or you're sitting in your lounge or you're standing in your office and you answer this call and you can see the office but you can see this person suddenly just appears like a hologram in front of you and you're talking to them. And as you're talking to them, they're talking to you and it's a natural conversation as if that person is right in front. When the call is over, you touch that ring device and that's it. The person disappears and you continue. When you need to make a call, all you need to do is make a gesture with your fingers. You know, Try to picture this gesture here where you've got your, your thumb and your forefinger held together in a, in, a, in a round circle and then you open it up as if you are uh, doing a pinch to zoom on a tablet. When you do this, your keypad will appear in the middle of nowhere, floating right above you. That will be your cell phone. And then you just simply dial your, your number. You punch in the number you want to, and you hit call, and it starts making a call. Now, how it does this is that it recognizes the gestures you are doing in mid-air. Now, there's already technologies like that. If you look at the Microsoft Xbox, it used to have uh, motion sensing uh, technology. If you look at uh, other gaming devices, they have motion sensing technology. Even uh, a lot of phones these days have motion sensing technology. So it detects the kind of motions you're doing and it understands what you are doing. And just by doing this, by poking into the air, you will make a call. If you need a fully-fledged keyboard, no more tiny little cell phone keyboards where you, for every letter you type correctly, there's three mistakes you, you're making. It's not going to be like that. Any surface that you have will become a keyboard. If you want to call up a keyboard, it will appear. Let's say you've got a table in front of you. It 
a magical keyboard will appear. It will be an augmented reality keyboard. It doesn't exist in the real world. It will just exist in your view, in your vision. You type whatever you, you want as if you would on a normal keyboard and then you can send off your message or your your email. So that's the one way. The other way that you will interact with your your augmented reality is is by simply talking into it. Just like we, we saw last week, in the previous episode that you simply talk into your cell phone and you ask it to make a call for you and it makes a call or you ask it a question and it and it gives you an answer so this technology also is growing and improving in leaps and bounds it's getting better all the time now a combination of all this will give you a situation where you just simply have to wear a pair of glasses and that will replace your cell phone no more carrying a physical device i mean that is so annoying having to carry a, a physical cell phone, hold it in your hand, you make a, a, a slip up, you trip, you drop your phone, your screen is shattered, you, you have to pay thousands of rands to, to repair it. No more. Your cell phone will now be virtual. It will live in a virtual world just by wearing those glasses. You will be able to interact. You'll be able to see the full view that you would have normally seen on a cell phone. Now, how does this actually work? How does augmented reality actually actually work it's very simple augmented reality takes a view of what you are actually seeing and uses special technology to overlay graphics on top of that think about it like this right you're standing in a shop behind the glass and you're looking out over the screen over, through the glass into the street okay what happens there is there is a a glass in front of you now somebody comes along and they put a sticker on on that glass what's happening now your your view is slightly obstructed because of that sticker so you can change your focus to either look at that sticker or to look at the street so you can look back at the sticker or you can look at the street now think of augmented reality as something very similar to that it takes a layer which is the glasses that you're going to be wearing and places it in front of your eyes. And then the system, the little computer inside those glasses will project the graphics like it's a sticker onto those glasses. And your eyes will see it as if the foreground, which is the graphics and the background, which is the real world is both one and the same thing. It look as if it's overlaid as if it's fused into one so that's how the technology actually works and this technology is going to change our world in radical ways it's going to change our world in dramatic ways i mean imagine students in 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 a classroom and masila you'll get into this a little later right but i just want to touch on this a student in a classroom let's say students that are studying uh, motor mechanical engineering for example and they need to take apart an engine right in front of their eyes floating in the middle of the of the, of the of space in 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 the air in front of them will be an engine not a real engine but an augmented reality engine so what they're going to what they're going to be able to do is to take apart that engine just using hand gestures part by part and then put it back together. And they'll also, by using hand gestures, they'll be able to turn that engine around. They'll be able to look at it from different angles as if it's a real engine, 
and it weighs nothing. And as they take out a part, they'll be able to hold that part and turn it around and examine it. Now, let's take it a step further. In the future, all, almost all operations will take place remotely. Now, what's going to happen there? The doctor will be thousands of kilometers away from his patient. And what he will do is he will put on augmented reality lenses. And those lenses will show him a three-dimensional view of his patient's body. And he will be operating on that body, on that virtual body, in his, in his augmented reality space. But thousands of kilometers away in a hospital where the patient is actually being operated, there's robot arms that are in place of his arms that will actually be doing the actual, actual cutting. So the doctor will be viewing this patient through augmented reality as if the patient is present in front of his eyes and he will be doing the incisions and he will be doing the, the operation. But in reality, he'll be, he'll be actually controlling robot arms. So much for education and healthcare. What about driver safety? As I mentioned last week, Nowadays, when we when we negotiate, when we are traveling somewhere, when we are navigating from one place to another, we have to use our Google Maps and some kind of or some kind of other GPS device. Now, there's a bit of danger in that because sometimes, occasionally, you have to look at your device to see if you are on the right track. But with augmented reality, you'll simply look up straight through the windscreen of your car. And this augmented reality uh, device will project arrows onto the street and show you exactly where you're supposed to be uh, driving. In fact, it's going to go to an extent. Now Google is also mapping out shopping centers and tourist attractions. So if you go to a shopping center, a huge shopping center, like, I don't know, like Gateway, for example, and you need to find a certain store, all you have to do is instruct your augmented reality device that hey i'm looking for a certain store please lead me there and immediately what will happen arrows will appear in front of your eyes only you will be able to see no one else and those arrows will point and all you have to do is follow those arrows and they'll take you straight to that uh, specific store so whether you're driving or walking or cycling whatever means of transport you're using this augmented reality will will show you the way so it's going to change our our lives in radical ways. And coming back to education, I mean, we're going to be forced to change our mode of of learning and teaching. We're going to be forced to change exams, for example, because, I mean, now the student will be sitting in the class and with a blink of an eye, they'll be able to search Google and they'll be able to find whatever information they, they need. So we're going to have to find better ways of of testing them better ways of educating our our students so augmented reality is really going to change the future but the best part is augmented reality already exists and we can test drive it anytime we want maybe not to that extent that we wear those glasses because those ar glasses are, are actually quite uh, quite expensive i believe microsoft has has developed uh, augmented reality what's it called masila uh, it's called the HoloLens. The Microsoft HoloLens. So that's augmented reality glasses. And it's been so successful in testing that the U.S. military just gave them a half a billion dollar contract to supply the military with augmented reality uh, lenses. Now, 
They're going to be using it for two purposes. They're going to be using it firstly for for training. So the soldiers will be doing the training using augmented reality. But at some stage, it's going to actually become uh, mainstream and it's going to be used in actual combat. So soldiers will wear this and it'll give them all kinds of information. It'll tell them their vital information like temperature. It'll tell them information about their own health, heart rate, uh, blood pressure, uh, and a whole lot of other information. It'll even give them directions uh, in the battlefield. So the military has already seen uh, amazing uh, benefits of uh, augmented uh, reality. And taking it a step further, there is a, a company called Mojo that's developing not augmented reality glasses. No, these guys are gone a step further. They are developing augmented reality contact lenses. So you'll simply put that contact lenses on and your, 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 your field of vision will now become the screen of your, your device, your non-existing device, obviously. And the augmented reality will be built into your, your vision. So the days of holding a physical cell phone or a tablet are almost over. But now, Masila, we, there are augmented reality applications that we can currently use with, with pretty much any phone, right? Uh, whether you've got an iPhone or uh, an Android, a Samsung or, or whatever. Tell us about some of these apps that we can use. Okay, so there's a few practical apps that I've, that I've um, listed here. There's a few education apps and there's a few apps for games and entertainment. So let's start with the practical ones. Now, because our cell phones have got so powerful and our cameras in the cell phones have got so powerful, we can use augmented reality in some amazing ways. And my favorite one, and the one that I use a lot, is called Measure. Now, if you have an iPhone, uh, the Measure app comes by default, and we've talked about it a little bit before. Basically, it lets you measure a real-life object using your phone. And it does this by plotting a, a point on that object from point A to point B and then measures the line in between that. The next app is, well, there's two apps here and one is called IKEA Catalog and one is called Housecraft and they do basically the same thing. These apps are designed to help you choose furniture for your house. Okay, so IKEA is the famous furniture uh, chain store that we don't get in South Africa. You get in what, like UK? UK and America mostly, I think. All right. Cool. So this app um, will let you choose your furniture on your device before you even need to go to the shop. You don't need to do any measurements. You know, you just choose um, the sofa, for example, that you like, and it will bring that sofa into your living room to scale, and you'll be able to measure uh, where you would like it to fit, what color you like it, or whether or not it fits in your room. That's amazing. So basically you're saying that you can fit out your entire house or the, an entire room with all types of furniture from IKEA without even having to buy it. And it'll put it to scale. That means, I mean, it'll fit that sofa. It'll display the sofa for you as if it's actually there, but it's not. And then you can choose the color variations. That is so helpful because, I mean, you know, we, we think sometimes, oh, man, we go to the store. Will this color actually go with the curtains or will it go with the, with the, with the walls? And now you can you can see it right there. 
And I'm guessing that because it's augmented reality, you can turn the camera and look around the room at all the furniture that's there, as if it's it's there. That's true. That's that's one of the benefits of uh, augmented reality. And the final app I have, um, the, a practical app, is Google Translate. Now, this is not exclusively an AR app, but it does have an AR feature built into the camera. So, for certain languages... If you see a sign, for example, that's um, that's in Spanish or Arabic, all you have to do is hold your camera up to it, and in real time, it will translate that and and put it as if it's in the sign. That's fantastic. I mean, we go to foreign countries. Um, let's say we go to India. I mean, I don't understand uh, the Hindi uh, alphabet. So you mean it'll it'll translate and overlay. English on top of that. That's phenomenal. I mean, technology that can actually, re- it's firstly, it's reading the sign, it's understanding the sign, and then it's also translating it for you and overlaying it for you. That's phenomenal. The next category I have is education. And this, I think, is one of my favorite categories because of the amazing, amazing apps that you get for this. Now, the first one is uh, Human Anatomy Atlas. Now, you you might remember in school we had these models of uh, a human body with all the organs that you could have take that you could take out. Then we had the, the the skeleton that was always hanging in the science room classrooms. Now this app combines all of that. It lets you view the human body. It lets you take apart uh, the the sections, so you can see the muscle structure. You can see the nerves. Then you can go deeper and see the actual skeleton. And obviously the the organs, you can take apart the organs and see how they are structured together, how they stacked one on top of the other. I mean, that's a way to, to actually appreciate Allah Ta'ala's creation in our own bodies we can we can follow probably the the food as we you know we we swallow it and then it goes into the stomach from the stomach it goes into the gut and then the processes that apply and then you know uh, how that food is digested or we can see the lungs and the kidneys and the and the, it's amazing it's really really amazing and connected to that app is another app that just focuses on one organ the heart now there's so much to be learned and so much to admire in just the heart, the way the 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 oxygenated blood comes in and the way it pumps it to the rest of the body. The is is there an animation? Do you actually see the heart beating? Yeah, in the you actually see it beating, and you can actually wow. see the blood going in and out. It's almost like in real time seeing seeing a heart beating. What's the name of this app? Insight Heart. And it's available where? Um, I, I think it's only available on iOS for now. Okay, but I'm sure there's there might be a um, a version for Android. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. Okay, perhaps the 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 listeners might want to do a a Google search for it. The next two apps, um, these two got to do with the sky. One is called Sky Guide, and one is called Night Sky, and these two are used to. Uh, look at the stars and it shows you the star um, the the constellations and the planets in augmented reality so as you're looking at the actual sky it's showing you where the stars are that's that's fantastic i mean so you can you can study the sky without uh, even requiring a, a telescope anymore that's true uh, that's so educational i mean with an ordinary phone or an ipad you can you can do all of these things 
True. And, and remember, to get any of these apps, all you got to do is go to the app store of your device and look under the augmented reality category. And you should find thousands of these apps already there. Fantastic. And there's an app called BBC Civilization. Tell, tell me about that one. Yeah. Now, this one is, is, is amazing also because it lets you look at ancient relics up close, like right in your own living room. You can bring in something from uh, the ancient Egyptian time. You can bring something from the Mayan time. And, and I'm sure they might even have something from the time of the Sahaba, um, relics such as the, the utensils or, or the cups or weapons. So you're seeing it through your screen as if it's really there. Correct. And, and you, you're looking at it like as if it's on your table, on your desk, and you can move around it and zoom into the details of it. It's crazy. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the Sahaba, because that's exactly where my mind went. Imagine in the future, the future madrasa, all right? Kids will wear their augmented reality glasses, and they'll go into an open field, and that field will be in the augmented reality world, Medina, the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi And they'll be walking through that field as if they're walking through Medina. That'll be crazy, phenomenal. What, what, what a feeling they'll have. It'll be like as if they are, are present or present during a battle that's taking place. It's, it's, I mean, if you can, if BBC can make something like this for ancient civilization, obviously that we can make something from a, um, from a, for, for an, from an Islamic perspective. Or here's, how's this one? People never been for Hajj, want to learn how to do the Hajj. Now they can do the Hajj. Wearing augmented reality uh, uh, goggles, they can see the Kaaba, they can see the Haram, they can see, uh, you know, the, the Mataf and and the the the, the Sa'i between Safa and Mar. How amazing that will be to be able to teach people to do the Hajj while they still at home. So go to an open field, go to a soccer ground somewhere, and that's that becomes Makkah in the augmented reality world. That is phenomenal. It's been such an exciting episode. I didn't realize how the the, the time is uh, has moved. We've we've actually uh, run out of time. But really, this is such an interesting and exciting uh, uh, topic. And for me, the most exciting is everything to do with education because I love education. I'm passionate about it, and I'm really excited about the prospects that augmented reality presents for education more than anything else. Anyways. It's a wrap for today's episode, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it and learned from it as much as we did. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Masihullah Katrada. And this is Technology Watch. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. This is The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada. And this is the show that brings you up close with the universe around you. Assalamu alaikum and uh, welcome back to The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada. And today we're going to take a deep dive into the depths of the ocean. Now, in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَالْفُلْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ So, Allah Ta'ala refers to a number of His creations. He says that indeed in the creations of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of night and day, and in the ships that sail upon the ocean, and the ships that travel 
on the oceans. So today we're going to talk about the oceans. Now, the one thing that we know about the oceans is obviously the oceans are full of water. And we also know that you know, we go to the beach, we enjoy ourselves, we swim in the water, we know a few little facts about the ocean, there's fish in there, the water is salty, etc. But what not most, uh, most people don't actually realize is that the ocean plays a critical role in the entire planet and in the lives of every single creature that lives on the planet, whether it's the fish in the sea or the creatures on the land, even the creatures that are living far, far away from the oceans, those that are living in the in the middle of the continents, away from the from the beaches, away from the oceans, they are affected by the oceans. The very survival of our planet and the very survival of all the things that we see around us, the, all the creatures, the plants and the animals and the and the bugs relies on the oceans. So the oceans are not just bodies of water. The oceans actually serve a much, much more important role in the planet. And that's what we're going to focus on today. We're not going to focus so much on the creatures that actually live in the oceans. We're going to focus on the oceans. Now, the first thing that we, we know, looking at a map of the of the Earth, or looking at a globe, we'll see that the, the, the bulk of the planet, the bulk of the surface area of the planet is actually, uh, covered in ocean. There's, there's more ocean on the surface of this planet than, than land. So Tala is going to tell us, but Tala, tell us what's, how much of the, of this planet does, uh, do the oceans actually cover and how many oceans are there? Okay. So firstly, there's just one ocean called, or it's, it's uh, sometimes referred to as the world ocean. But for simplicity's sake, especially for, for travel and things, it's divided up into sections. Uh, th these sections will be like the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Indian, the Southern and the Arctic Ocean. Sometimes it's even divided into up to seven or more sections. But the important thing to remember is that it's it's all just one large body of water, just split up uh, ima with imaginary lines. Now, the ocean, the world ocean, covers 71% of Earth, of Earth's surface. So that means only 29% of Earth's surface area is land that we can live on. So basically, um, about a quarter, just about a quarter of the Earth's surface is land. Three quarters almost is, is ocean. Amazing. Yeah, so Earth is primarily an ocean planet and we just have these little pieces of land that we live on and call home. And that's why when, you, when you're looking at pictures of the Earth from space, it's mostly blue. It's called the blue planet. The blue it planet. comes from the water. Now, 97% of all water found on Earth is in the ocean. So, and only 3% of the water on Earth is fresh water that we can drink. Now, that's really important because, I mean, if you think about all the water in the ocean, 97% is undrinkable salt water, right? And only 3%. That is a tiny, tiny, tiny percent of the water on the planet. You know, it, it, it underlines the importance of conserving water, especially the fresh water, which we need to survive. We cannot survive on ocean water. We can't drink it. We can't use it to wash clothes. We can't use it for anything. 
but we need the the, the fresh water and you're saying only three percent so that that really outlines a very very important uh uh, aspect of, of water. I didn't realize there was so little fresh water. And the thing is, there's even less than 3% because that 3% is further divided into groundwater, into water that's frozen in, in the glaciers in the North and the South Pole. So that 3%, I think probably only about under half of that is fresh, drinkable, usable water that we have at our disposal. Probably less. I mean, if, you, if you're counting the, the, the polar ice caps of the planet then I mean those are entire continents that are made out of ice that are covered in in what like kilometer deep ice so I mean that's a lot of water locked up in there probably you're going to get like 1% of the water left of the fresh water uh, that that's probably accessible to us and the groundwater I don't know you know we we, we, we access groundwater through um, boreholes and wells, but really, how much of it are we accessing? I, I've been reading an article recently that there's water in the depths of the planet that's so deep that we can't even reach it with the deepest boreholes. Also, so there's you know uh, there's a possibility that that uh, part of the three percent is all the way down there. It's possible. Now the ocean, it's it's huge. Okay, so remember, like ninety seven percent of all water on on Earth is in the ocean. So even with all of our technological advancements, we've only managed to explore just 5% of the ocean. So there's 95% of ocean, of land underneath the ocean that's there to be discovered. And we just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet because it's such a large area underneath the ocean to cover. That's phenomenal. Just 5%. Just 5%. Now, the ocean plays very important roles of our planet, as, as you mentioned uh, in the beginning of the show. For example, rain. One of those important uh, roles it plays is rain, because almost all of the rain that we get on land has originated over the ocean. Because if you remember, only 3% of water is, is fresh water. And okay, maybe even under under 1% is in lakes and dams. So very, very little of the rain that we get actually originates over lakes and dams and rivers. So basically the oceans play a big part in the water cycle. So the water evaporates from the ocean, forms clouds. Those clouds are blown onto the the land and then the water falls as rain. Alhamdulillah. You know, you, when you look at it, there's such a beautiful system. It's... It's it's a recycling, constant recycling of of the world's water supply. Think about it. You've got salty water, absolutely undrinkable, unusable salty water that's being absorbed, that's being evaporated. It forms clouds. And what do you get? You get pure, fresh, drinkable water falling onto the land. That's a system that Allah Ta'ala made. Amazing. Uh, another important role that the oceans play for our planet is temperature regulation. You see, most of the heat radiation that's coming from the sun strikes the ocean because of that large surface area. So the ocean absorbs a lot of the heat from the sun. And if it weren't for the ocean and for our atmosphere, as soon as the sun set, all of that heat would dissipate into space. So the side of the earth that's facing away from the sun that's experiencing nighttime will become a frozen wasteland. But because of that heat maintained by our 
oceans and by the atmosphere we still have heat during the night so i'm thinking hot water bottle here right because i mean we we take boiling water we put it into the bottle why do we use water is because water holds temperature and if you if you're using a hot water bottle that temperature the water inside the hot water bottle will stay for hours as compared to if you had to heat up a uh, uh, a stone which will cool much faster so the same principle applies here am i am i right exactly so then the the, the ocean absorbs the sun's heat throughout the day and when the sun sets then it slowly releases that heat so that it keeps the earth somewhat somewhat warm cool. and prevents it from yeah from, from cooling freezing. off too much but the ocean doesn't just absorb that heat it also redistributes it how is it possible how does it do that ocean currents so ocean currents act much like conveyor belts You see the warmest part of earth is around the equator that's the part that's closest to the sun so most of the heat lands there and you get less heat that's landing say towards the poles towards the north and the south pole because those areas are frozen and they are further away from the sun so the ocean currents they actually take this warm water from around the equator and take it north and south towards the poles and then it takes the cold water from the poles and brings them back round towards the tropical areas around the equator to get heated up so this way the ocean and the ocean currents make sure that there's an even distribution of the heat fantastic and this is this is you know we think that this is all chance this is deliberate allah taala actually made it like this so essentially it's like taking a spoon and stirring up your 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 coffee you know the 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 currents stir up the water and you know mix the warm and the cold so you get this even distribution throughout the planet amazing and this heat distribution doesn't just affect the oceans or like coastal areas around the oceans but areas of land hundreds of kilometers from the ocean also benefit from this heat distribution so it's not just the ocean it's the entire planet that's been regulated by the ocean and now it's no wonder that the oceans actually cover such a big area of the planet this is not it's not a chance also it's not pure random uh, you know chance that the oceans do cover such a large uh, proportion of the planet i think if the if the planet were were covered with say 50% land 50% ocean we wouldn't have that effect we wouldn't have that effect of the ocean being able to regulate planet uh, planetary temperatures and here's another thing what you mentioned earlier on is also very important that there really is one ocean there's no seven oceans now i'll tell you why that's important it's simply because if there was if there if there were if there were more than one ocean right and if there was a solid land barrier between these oceans then you wouldn't get this free flow of water around the planet that causes the temperatures the uh, different water temperatures to mix those currents would stop at 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 the land and then the the temperatures you know would 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 build up or it will get too cold that's the first thing the second thing is when you look at the the surface of earth you got these oceans and then the land masses are distributed they look like like they're floating on the oceans now what does this uh, uh, 
what what's the effect of this the effect of this is the water is flowing all around those land masses so you got these land masses and the water is freely flowing all around them hence allowing those currents to flow hence allowing the temperatures to be more and more evened out amazing isn't it this is the the, the beauty of of latala's creation right now let's talk about the the size of the ocean again the depth of it so we talked about how much of the surface area of earth it covers but let's dive a little bit deeper you see the average depth of the ocean is about 3.6 kilometers so most areas in the ocean are roughly around 3.6 kilometers deep so this basically means is you take the tallest building in the world the burj khalifa you'll have to stand four of them one on top the other to reach or to come close to the surface but even then to four burj khalifas one on top the other the fourth one right on the top the tip of it will still be 300 meters below the surface sure that's uh, that's that's a deep 3.6 almost 4 kilometers that is 4000 meters down that is a lot of water but that's not even close to the deepest area in the ocean the deepest known point in the ocean is known as the challenger deep and the challenger deep is 10.9 kilometers deep almost 11 kilometers deep that is very very deep 11 kilometers 11000 meters that is far and to put that into perspective if you were to drop mount everest into the challenger deep the peak of mount everest would still be 2 kilometers underneath the ocean surface that's amazing now the challenger deep is located in an area of the ocean known as the mariana trench Now the Mariana Trench is this huge crescent-shaped canyon in the ocean floor. It averages about only 2.5 kilometers wide, but it measures almost 70 kilometers long. Now, the Challenger Deep and the Mariana Trench were discovered in 1875 by a ship called the HMS Challenger. So they named this area of the ocean after the ship that discovered it. So they discovered the the Challenger Deep through a process called sounding. Now what sounding is is that they would take a lead ball and they would tie this extremely long piece of rope to it and then they drop that lead ball into the ocean and they let it fall until it reaches the ocean floor and then they'll measure how many uh, or how much rope got let out before the lead stopped falling. Remember this was in 1875 so they didn't have uh, sonar and things to accurately measure the ocean floor. So when they the the HMS Challenger was part of an expedition to better understand the ocean and the ocean floor and uh this expedition actually paved the way for for modern uh, ocean exploration and and research. So This MHS Challenger by the time they reached the the Mariana Trench they had performed hundreds of these sounding uh to measure the ocean floor but when they reached the Mariana Trench and they dropped the lead ball over it the lead ball just fell and fell and fell and fell and the first time the Mariana Trench or the Challenger Deep was measured it was measured at 8.1 kilometers deep now this was back then this was 
far beyond anything that they thought was possible. So this turned the whole way people thought about the ocean upside down. And since then, the Challenger Deep has been, and the Mariana Trench have been mapped out more accurately. And the deepest point is now known to be about 10.9 kilometers deep. Almost 11 case. Almost 11. And this incredible depth, as you can imagine, will have some, some very, uh, will result in some very extreme conditions. Firstly, you got to the water pressure to think about. Now, water is heavier, so the deeper you go, the more pressure is being applied downwards. And at that depth, the pressure is 1,000 times greater than the atmospheric pressure at sea level. So what this basically means is that for every square inch, there is about 8 tons of pressure being applied. That is a lot of pressure. I mean, if you put a car into that type of, under that type of pressure, that car will be flattened to a pancake. And I'm talking about a car, metal car that is, you know, that, that's super strong, will just be flattened. That's 1,000 times greater than at atmospheric pressure, 8 tons per square inch. That means every square inch of that car will feel a force of 8 tons. Amazing. Uh, the second extreme condition that the depth results in is, uh, well, it's actually two uh, conditions that are tied in one and that is the lack of sunlight so firstly it's extremely extremely dark no sunlight reaches that depth so it's continuously day or night it's completely black down there and because of the lack of sunlight it's also extremely cold with temperatures just a few degrees above freezing any deeper than that and the water will start to freeze continuously. But despite all of these conditions, so despite the, the pressure that's a thousand times greater than atmospheric pressure, despite the darkness and that freezing temperatures, you still get creatures that not only live but thrive in these environments. Wait, what are you saying? We've got depths like... 11 kilometers, we've got pressures that can crush a car into a pancake, we've got near freezing temperatures, and we've got pitch blackness. And you're saying there's creatures that actually live there. And those creatures, it's like they can't survive anywhere else in the ocean. They need those temperatures. Oh, wow, that is And those truly, conditions. That is truly amazing. And I don't suppose you're going to tell us anything about those creatures because we're out of time. I think we'll do a future episodes on some of the creatures you find in the ocean. That will be great. That will be really, really good because I want to know more about these creatures. What creature, how super strong does it have to be to live in, you know, to live under uh, pressures like that? So I guess today's episode is a wrap. It was one of my favorites till now because, I mean, this is some really amazing uh, information that we got. Uh, and I just hope that our listeners enjoyed it and learned as much from it as, as we did in doing the research, as I did in listening to your facts. Anyways, it's a wrap for today, and we hope to catch our listeners the, le the, the next time. This is The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, at AB of Creation. Give us feedback on our podcast. And let us know if there's anything specific you'd like us to discuss in a future episode.